Life Audio. Hi, I'm Cynthia Garrett, and welcome to Girl Club. We'll be right with you after these messages. Well, good day to you. It's Joel with the King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith, and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. everybody. I am Cynthia Garrett. Welcome to Cynthia Garrett's Girl Club. And well, you know where you are. This is the place where real girls have real talk about real issues while seeking to walk in and apply real faith. Real faith. The only kind of faith that actually shows up every day and dives into all kinds of problems, all kinds of challenges, and the things that seek to limit us in life from being who and what we're called to become um, and be. So we're going to dive into a conversation this week that I sort of alluded to last week. And I use the word burnout, right, with, um, with, with caution, because I want you to understand that there's a lot of words that you could probably apply to feeling burnt out you know, feeling overwhelmed, feeling exhausted, feeling frustrated, and you just can't go any further with whatever it is that you're doing. I think people experience burnout in careers they once loved. I think people experience burnout, you know, as artists. Artists often will get burnt out on, you know, maybe they have a singing gift and they want to do something different for a season. Maybe they have a gift of painting. People go through burnout, I think, in a lot of ways. A lot of people go through burnout in their marriages or in relationships with people that they otherwise love, you know? Um, I think people experience feeling burnout with life, with politics, with the direction we're headed in the world today, with their faith. A lot of people, I think, experience burnout with their faith. And people definitely experience burnout who are in ministry. Um, Our job is to give and to serve each other. That's not our ministry job. That is all of our job. We are called to make disciples. We are called to love each other. We're called to serve each other. We are servants, you know, though he, he, he is good and he loves us and he calls us friend. We're still servants, right? He is good. You know, the fact that Jesus that God our Father calls us friend is a testimony to how great he is. It's not a testimony to how great we are. And we should never forget that we're still in the role of being a servant. And so if you have never experienced really fully giving your life to service, then you, you know, may not even understand the levels and the depth that burnout can really get you in ministry. Because in ministry, we're reminded all the time that we're called to serve and to love you and to serve you. So it's an interesting conversation that we're going to be having. And I think, I think that, you know, joining me in studio today is Nova Page and Christina Reynolds. And I think that we have really, you know, a lot of common ground in experiencing some of these things. And we're going to get into them shortly. But I also think we may have different approaches to how to deal with them or different ways we fight 
these challenges in life. So I just think this can be a really great conversation. And I hope that it is a blessing to all of you, because no matter where you are in your walk, I know that you've experienced just being tired, you know, and, and feeling burnt out and overlooked and unloved and unvalidated and a lot of things. And so Nova sent in a really interesting um, sort of, I guess, a commentary um, by a, a doctor who, and, and she'll speak a little bit more about this, guys, but I want to go through uh, some of the identifiers of burnout that we have gotten. So some of those identifiers might be that you're having trouble getting started in the day. You're irritable or impatient with friends or family workers. You might have a heightened cynical or critical attitude of anything and everything around you, of everybody around you. You may have a consistent lack of energy, feeling run down. You don't feel motivated. You might have a lack of satisfaction with your life and your achievements. You may not even notice your achievements anymore. You may not even have a vision for your life or know where your life is going. You might be feeling disillusioned about your job or your purpose and the use of food or drugs or alcohol may be something you're using to feel better about life. You may have unusual sleep habits or an appetite, or you may even have unexplained headaches and backaches and other physical things that you're complaining about. Most of these identifiers are clearly the sign that something is wrong. There's something spiritually wrong. There's something wrong. And when you see these identifiers of anything wrong, you need to check in with them so that you can root them out. One of the things I always tell my son is to be a noticer of his of himself, of his feelings, of his emotions when he wakes up first thing and throughout the day. Be a noticer of yourself. What are you giving out? What are you feeling? What are you taking in? Those things help you lean on the Lord to get answers and to get strength and to get breakthrough. So Anna, let's get the girls in studio here and and let's kind of dive in. Hey, you guys, this is a big one. Hello. Yeah. Good morning. <laughs> yes, good, morning. good morning. Good morning. Good night. Good evening all around the world. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think those identifiers are, I think what that does is all of us can look at that and go, I've probably been burnt out at one time or another. I think it also, you, you know, for the first time I ever saw this list, which, you know, it came from Terry be walling in, in one of his books. And I was like, I, it, it, first of all, it made me cry because I was able to identify and go, Oh my goodness, this is what I've been going through. And, you know, um, I had been on a hamster wheel in some ways for so long. And this kind of just, this list legitimized what I was feeling. Um, it gave a name to it so I could go, okay, this is what I'm experiencing. And Lord, okay, I need your help. Like, this mm-hmm. is hard. This is challenging. Um, but I honestly, for me to look at it, I was like, yep, so much of this list is is me. I've been, I'm burnt out. Right. So what do I do with it, right? Right, right. I know, Christina, what did you feel like when you, <laughs> when you well, read that the list? First time- the first time I read it was last week when Nova sent it out to our group thread about, you know, we're throwing out ideas about podcast topics. And um, <clears throat> I kind of felt the same thing. I felt like it just gave language to what I had been feeling when I think a lot, um, a lot of what is kind of um, what is stated with these emotions in like society is mental, mental health, right. Or like, well, you're, you're struggling with depression or, anxiety, you know, so I just always thought, man, why am I having these major swirls of depression, which just actually made me feel really ashamed. Because if I'm reading through those things, I'm like, wow, I'm a horrible Christian, I shouldn't be feeling these things. Like, I just need to like, read my Bible more or like worship more, or maybe there's something wrong with me, you know, and obviously, there's a lot of things wrong that 
that, you know, we're always working on. But I think the biggest thing was, like you said, it, it gave, it gave language to what I was feeling. So then, so that I could go to the Lord with it in the right way, instead of going, Oh God, I repent of being depressed. Oh, or I, I think it's just the devil, or I think it's this and that it's like easy to slap like a bandaid on it. When I'm, when I'm, um, comparing what I'm going through with just what the world says, I guess. Cause I mean, I mean, that's like really prevalent right now. And like, Mm-hmm. Our generation, my depression, my antidepressants, my Mental neurodivergence, illness. my this, my that, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of like labels for that, but this just straight up just gave something that wasn't, it, it wasn't an identity. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It really was more of an identifier rather than an identity. That is yes. such a mic That's, drop. What it is. Said, because I feel like right. I just got- <laughs> it's an identifier. It's not your identity. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The identifiers of burnout. That's the list. It's like, this is what it is. Right. And it's not who I am, but I, I'm watching this happen in my own life. And, and, you know, like, I think, you know, somebody might be watching, I know myself, you know, we might be going, well, how do you, how do you look at, how do you not get burnt out? Like, right. So there, and then I know we want to talk about the stages of burnout, but like, um, and, and we can get into that, but I, I think probably Cynthia, like us looking at the stages because people might go, oh, well, I'm way far into burnout or maybe I'm just starting and then I can, you know, not go, have to go through all four stages of burnout. Right. right. Well, yeah. yeah. And before, before we actually look at them also, I think it's important to note, which, you, which you did Nova, when you sent this to the group thread for us to read is that burnout is more than a single moment in time, right? Mm-hmm. It, it can consist yeah. of a series of stages that ultimately lead to, you know, full depletion and total exhaustion. Mm-hmm. And that is very, very true. And I, I know there was a point, there was a point during the, it's why we moved. There was a point during the pandemic mm-hmm. and before the pandemic for the last few years of my life, where I would look at Roger, my husband, and I was like, I'm just, I don't know. I don't know if I'm depressed. I don't know if I'm just over it, it being tons of stuff. I don't know what it is, but like, I'm not motivated. I don't feel, I, and I'm not that girl. You know, I came out of the womb with a plan and motivation and that's who God created me to be. There's, it takes a lot to stop me, you know, or to hold me back. And it could only be something that's happening inside. So I was like, yeah, you know, over time, this thing could really get you. I mean, my response, you know, which we can even talk more about when we get to like the response to this, but you know, that's part of why we moved because I knew moving was, it changed my energy, you know, it changed my motivation. It, 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 a lot of times I think we can stay in the same place and just simmer in the same stew and be too afraid or out of faith to do anything, to, to change, mm. change your circumstances. Mm. And, you know, I saw Reinhard Bonnke once at a conference and he said something so in, in amazing uh, before he died. And I think Bonnke's one of my spiritual heroes. Um, if you don't know who he is, Google Reinhard Bonnke. But anyway, um, he was standing on the stage and he, start, and he said, you know, I meet people all the time for healings. He's healed millions of people around the world. And, and some, a lot of those people want to walk. They can't walk. And he said, and then I meet, you know, people who are paralyzed for other reasons, mentally or with fear or whatever. And he said, but let me show you what faith is, you know, if you want to, if you want to walk, he said, but this is what faith looks like. And he started walking and he said, you put one foot in front of the other and you start walking in the direction that you want to be going. And, and it really showed me that faith is truly a verb. It's yes. truly action. Mm-hmm. It's not yeah. a passive. Faith is not a passive thing. Feeling. You, right. It's not. It's not a passive feeling. You sit and think that you you have. You know, mm-hmm. faith without works is dead, the Bible says. And not that your works get you saved or not that your works will increase your faith. It's just that your faith without the works of faith, the works that come from faith, is, is a dead, dormant, kind of useless thing. And so mm-hmm. anyway, just, you know, a little bit of a, a detour. Nova, I think 
these four stages of burnout are super important. Do you want to, do you want to read through them? Sure. Let's do it. Okay. Um, so yeah. So these four stages of burnout, um, are from Dr. Archibald Hart. And so he, he's, he talks about stage one and, um, it's physical exhaustion over a period of time yet does not slow down or cut back. So problems, resting and sleeping. So feeling like you're, you're really, you're physically exhausted, but you're not listening to your body and you just keep going and then you really can't rest and you can't sleep. So that's, that's really stage one. And I mean, anybody want to say I've been there? I think we've all done that. Totally, totally, totally been there. I mean, I used to make a joke that at four o'clock in the morning, um, every morning, every morning Mm -hmm. I woke up for the board meeting in my mind and all the different voices and CEOs that were weighing in on my life. But that was way pre-spiritual maturity. I got to tell you on that. Now, if I have problems resting and sleeping, it's usually because of, you know, my worry about my husband's health. Um, mm-hmm. And and even that I can't deal with alone without the Lord, you know, but yeah. 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 Stage one is pretty, um, I mean, if you can get to it at stage one, I think you can kind of get out of burnout quicker. You move down to stage two and stage two is the individual doesn't respond to current depletion and exhibits abnormal behavior, such as missing appointments, dropping tasks, forgetting duties and short term memory loss. And let me tell you, I this year I experienced that really heavily. I if I didn't write it down, I didn't remember it. And, um, it was a little bit scary actually, um, this, this stage too, uh, because just that short-term memory loss, I was like, uh oh, like what's actually going on with me. And it really caused me to stop and look and think, and it did scare me to be completely honest with you. I was like, am I getting dementia? Like, you know, but, um, the exhaustion was really real. And it, it, and honestly, you guys, it was more of my, um, the Olympics in my mind that made me exhausted, the mm-hmm. burnout totally. the Olympics that happened in my mind. So uh, totally. that was stage two for me. I don't know if you guys can relate. <laughs> yes, I have for sure. Yeah. The memory loss thing is really, I, I you know, I'm kind of, I'm halfway chuckling because um, <gasps> I have to, I've, I've always had to write everything down, but I really have to write everything down now. And and I and and I'm laughing because my first thought was, oh, I have Anna for that. Anna, Anna, who's not on camera, who's behind the scenes here at Girl Club, you guys. And <laughs> she she's, gave you stars. she's definitely the glue. I, I realize she's actually the actually the glue in my own brain, um, which is really funny, uh, but it's true. But I think that there is something that works mm-hmm. against us here in stage two, and I've noticed it for myself. Because everything is digital and yeah. in a phone or a computer, mm-hmm. and because we don't carry around our old-fashioned leather agenda where we wrote it all down anymore, I think that's really contributing to this memory loss thing and forgetting duties and dropping tasks. Because mm-hmm. as we get older, writing those things down is like a real, it's like a great thing. But as we get older and more reliant on the digital reminders that we put around our lives now, I worry about the next generation, Nova and Christina, because they're so dependent on this digital phone, the thing and writing it all down that I'm worried for them because, for example, who gets in the car and will put the GPS on for places you've gone to a thousand times? A thousand times. (laughs) I'm like, I literally will GPS. I, I was saying this to Roger the other day. Why are you GPSing our way home? We drive there every day, but it's like, it's, it's autopilot. You get mm-hmm. in, you put the navigation on your phone. So Siri can tell you how to get there. Well, you guys, it's very real. This is create, this is taking away us using our mind and exercising mm-hmm. our brain and flexing those intelligence muscles that I signed up for a class. I'm taking a class every Wednesday morning from nine to 12 because I realize I need to keep my brain sharp and, mm-hmm. and, and focus on something takes your mind off of all of the noise and the clutter. It's a sculpting class, you know, but it's like for four hours, I literally 
I was there in a studio learning a craft and I didn't think about anything mm. else. And I just thought mm. about the learning and you can't use a computer to teach you or get on. It's about you and your brain and your hands and God showing you yeah. and how the way a baby develops and learns. And man, that is, I mean, that's a scary stage Nova, because if you don't respond to it, and understand what may be causing it in your life, you're going down a bunny trail that is not godly. It's not godly. Yeah, and and, and I think that's the key word, Cynthia, um, is not responding to the depletion. So, mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, you responded to your what you saw as depletion, even just like, oh my goodness. Um, and that was your way of doing it, right? You're action oriented. You and But I think this stage two, uh, the person just going, they don't in burnout. I don't even think you, you can respond to it. So you, you, you keep moving down the trail to the third stage, which is ongoing and unaddressed depletion. So, you know, you don't address it in stage two, stage three, it's just, it's, uh, it's just going on and on and it's a little Mm -hmm. bit out of control. And so now it's, um, that abnormal behavior now are met with clear physical symptoms such as weight gain or loss, hair loss, rashes, and abnormal pain. And I will say my body did manifest this way. I had gotten a complete rash. I've been through burnout a couple of times. So a few years ago after my dad passed away and I'd gone through some really traumatic things within our church, what manifested in me was I got a rash all over my face. I just I, I did not address my depletion and my body just started to go yeah! and mm-hmm. it manifested in my body. And it was actually pretty, pretty scary. And I, I didn't know what it was because I never had addressed it. I just kept on going on the hamster wheels. You need me to do this. Yeah. You need me to do that. You need me, you know, I'll, I'll keep going. I'll just do ministry. I'll go hard. I'll speak. I'll sing. I'll do that thing. I'll, I'll go, you know, it was just ongoing. And I realized that in that moment, when I saw that manifest, I was like, man, I'm not sure I have much joy left. You know, what's interesting about what you're saying because you actually said something and it really hit me in the spirit is you said it, it manifests, it manifests. It, it's, it affirms to me that burnout is a demon. Hmm. That's what I got. It's a demon and the demon manifests in these different stages. And you, you, you know, you notice the identifiers, you start dealing with the stages and, and what you're, you know, it's demonic. Look, I mean, I, anything that is causing you to have rashes or hair loss or weight gain. I mean, a spiritual battle. It's, 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 there is a spiritual battle there because what the enemy always wants to do is draw us away from the center, which is Christ. So he's always drawing, trying to draw us away. And I'm not even trying to over spiritualize things, but, but truly I think we, we, you know, if Jesus is the center of it all and we lose and we get lopsided, then the enemy has room and we Mm. get caught up and we just keep going and we don't slow down and we don't address um, what's truly going on. And, and I don't think I, to be honest with you, I, I don't think I was being honest with myself. I was just like, I can muscle my way through. I can do it. And then that was like this front you know, I, I, I can do it. I can do it and see. And then I would get home and I was just like, couldn't focus and all the things happened. So yeah, yeah and that, I, that was stage three for me. Yeah. And I think, you know, you have to always ask, right. Especially, you know, you get this far into it and you, you got to ask yourself, you know, okay, God, I understand there's, there's some, I understand that some. I'm being spoken to, right? I'm being, there's something going on here. And in this spiritual battle of what's going on, you know, right? You're, you belong to the Lord. So he's trying to, all, all things work together for good, right? So he's all, also trying to use it and mold it, I believe, um, and mold us. So it's interesting because he'll use it all, right? Maybe to move you to a different place in your life. Um, maybe to get you more dependent on him, you know, maybe to, 
manifest his glory in your life. I, I think there's all these things that could be going on. But I do think the most important thing that you mentioned is that you, you talk to the Lord because, you know, look, I mean, if the Lord says to you, don't do this or don't do that, and you can clearly say, this is the Lord saying, don't, you know, don't do this, don't do that. Don't be in this thing anymore, this ministry. Don't be around these people anymore. Don't, you know, go there. Because I, I, I know in my life, I've been able to recognize toxic situations and toxic people. And when I recognize toxicity in a situation, in a ministry, around people, I don't try to do better to fix it, to make them think I'm cool. I do deuces, right? <laughs> like peace out. And and the I think there's a as you're as you're realizing like, whoa, this toxicity, this thing is manifesting in all of these ways because you're being a good girl, trying to do the right thing, you know? It's it's that's I think it's really important to know that it is okay to say this is toxic. Peace out. And I, I don't understand why, but I, it happens a lot in ministry. For some reason, I see it. People will stay in situations that have become toxic for them for years longer than they should. Now, it's not, by the way, I'm not even going to make the blanket statement that the ministry or the group or the people or the career is toxic. It's just become toxic for you. And only you know when something has become toxic for you, right? Because for other people, you know, it's like I, I trip all the time on the scripture that says for, for, you know, for right or wrong reasons, as long as the gospel is preached. I mean, that blows my mind because I'm like, God, those people suck. That church is massive. The gospel's being preached. Yeah, people are getting saved or whatever, but it sucks. It should be burnt down. That's my logic. You know, that's my wisdom. That's my my thing with his servant, you know, and it's like, well, we're all his children. And even these toxic people are his children. So how can I extricate myself so that I can be healthy and, and contribute the good that I have to contribute in the way that I have to contribute it with people that support me and love me. And that's mm -hmm. kind of, you know, been an important part of, for me in dealing with a lot of these stages and identifiers when I see them, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I would say that like, I think just a note on, um, on, on ministry, why it's so hard. I think because there's so much good in it for one, you see so much fruit. There is an aspect of like, wow, the Lord is really moving people. You see the hearts of people. And when it comes down to a toxic environment created by just a handful of people, it's really easy to go, oh, I'm going to fight for all these people because there's so much good going on. And that's where you get it's. And also, I think in Christianity, because there's such an emphasis on humility, laying down your life, preferring others above yourself, we will sometimes twist that and forget that, wow, what you're saying to me, I need to like, it's actually okay to take myself out of this situation and like, let the Lord fix this, you know? And, and I, I think there is, it comes a real wrestling and weighing in that because the Lord may say, I want you to say, and I'm going to anoint you to do something. But if there isn't that, you know, having courage and actually you're going to have to bear some heartbreak when you leave, no matter what, when you give yourself to something for so many years, I mean, doesn't, I don't even think it matters what it is when you've poured out your life to serve people in whatever arena it breaks your heart to have to make a shift yeah. um, So on, on the ministry side. That's my comment. But I do want to say like with the stages, cause I've, I feel like I've been through these stages, like in a more minimal expressions, like not in the full blown, like, wow, I'm losing my mind. Like I feel like, you know, whatever, <laughs> but in, in like uh, lesser ways, but definitely the full stages. I will say though, this last week has sucked so bad. I mysteriously, by a freak accident, got a full, like, you can't see it right now, but I have, like, can you see this? Like, I have, I have oozing sores all over my body right now because I got poison ivy. Um. I don't even know how. I mean, I had to go to the doctor yesterday. I'm on meds right now, so I might be a little loopy, but, but I, I tell you what, I'm sitting, I'm sitting in bed. My, my body's burning. I have to sit in, like, ice baths, and I'm, like, just, I, I've cried more in this last week Aww. than I do in a whole year. But 
but like it kind of opened my eyes to like to like reaching like the end of yourself I mean like I feel it's not that dramatic but when you feel that much pain physically and then you also have that the burnt out inside and man it just comes out and I was like on my face crying out the most I like the, the most guttural cries and I had nothing but just I just cried, you know, and I really saw like, like how these stages and how these scary things of like, oh my gosh, these scary indicators, like Nova, you said you started forgetting things. You're like, do I have dementia? Like, I do think that when these things manifest, they are meant to be so scary that they, that they shake us out of our la la land of running on this hamster wheel and gets us to go stop doing this. There's something wrong. So like, I do feel like the stages make sense as they intensify because without them, how would we even become aware of like, what's even going Like I would, I would have yeah. kept, kept going outside of like my physical pain and being like going, Oh yeah, I'm totally taking time with the Lord and like having solitude and silence and like praying through things on top of my 50 reminders in my phone, telling me what to do every 20, 30 minutes. Like what you said, Cynthia, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't naturally, I have been grounded in a bed where I can barely even move because it hurts to move. And I've been weeping before the Lord. And I've been just at my absolute lowest was what it feels like. But I feel very thankful because I feel like within that, the Lord has given me clarity at least to go, okay, there's so much pain there and you need to stop and deal with it. Like this cannot continue any longer because Lord knows I don't want another rash on my body. I don't want to lose any more hair than I did through COVID. You know what I mean? Like I, I want to make a shift. So that's my two cents on the, on the stages and the indicators. And yes, they should suck because they should suck enough to like wake us up. Amen. You know? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. No, no, why don't you read the fourth one? Yeah. The fourth stage is, I mean, it's just, right. It's just, we're just adding these layers. That's why it's stage four. So it's exhaustion, abnormal behavior, and compounding physical symptoms lead to a physical shutdown and a period of physical inactivity. And I think this one, I think most people, when this happens, they're like, I'm just so depressed and they might be, but what has happened is these, all these things, these fractured moments leading up to, I can't get out of bed. Like I am burnt out. I'm done. And I think this is a crazy wake up call for a lot of people because they never saw themselves getting there. It's just one day they're like, I'm so done. I can't get out of bed. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I'll tell you what the challenge is for me. You know, when I, in, in a conversation like this, um, is I've had so much bad stuff happen to me in my life. I mean, so much, you know, I mean, most of you know my testimony, right? So, you know, sexual abuse as a little girl. So my relationship to sex was always, I mean, it was very scary. It's a scary thing for a long time. I was raped as a teenager. You know, I, my first marriage was horribly abusive. I started life in my twenties with zero self-esteem. Um, and the self-esteem and the bravado and the confidence that I learned to create on the outside was a wall to hide behind. Um, and then, you know, since I realized sex was something that most men would lie, cheat, beg, borrow, and steal for. I learned to use sex as a weapon, really, you know, because that felt empowering. And I think that's the world that we live in today. That's what the whole feminist movement has, has evolved into. It's like with women and men thinking that, you know, sex is their toy and for their own pleasure and to use as they want. And it's become very it's become attached to a bit of a God complex. Um, and that's a whole other conversation. But so, you know, when I think about the things, the things that can break me right now, they really only have to do with a, a, a couple of things. And those really only have to do with, you know, my son and my husband. Um, no one else outside of that can break me. You know, I, I don't care about negative comments on social media. I mean, we don't normally get them, but you know, we, whenever I do, I 
I usually like, I just laugh. It doesn't affect my identity because I know who I am in Christ because I know who's carried me through all that stuff. And, you know, and I, I, you know, I, the exercises to combat this are going to be really interesting to talk about, but I, you know, for me, I guess the, it's, it's a difficult conversation to have because sometimes I, maybe it's, maybe it's a lack of patience or, um, understanding the luxury that we can often become absorbed in when we're young. You know, I remember my mom said this to me and it's funny because she was probably my age and I was in my thirties and, you know, going to therapy and everything was so big and everything was so dramatic and I was depressed and I was this, and you don't understand. I was sexually abused and blah, 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 blah. And it was like, she looked at me and she said, you know, I raised you and five after you as a single mom. I don't have the luxury of therapy. <laughs> get the hell over it. You know, she's like, go figure out how to get over it because it's not attractive on you. It's not who you were made to be. It's not even the daughter that I raised. And I remember that was so harsh. You guys, I, I had, had a, I had a breakdown. I mean, I remember the night of the conversation. She was like, you know, and 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 her the denouement of the conversation was, and it's not my fault. Your your brother did what he did to you. Now, what I realized in hindsight is she was dealing with her own guilt, overwhelming guilt that, you know, her husband, my dad's son from his first marriage, came into our home and sexually abused both of her daughters, the only two girls in in a family of nine children, seven boys, two girls. So, but for me, I mean, I just was in fall apart mode. I could barely get my car home. I remember having a complete panic attack on the side of the road in LA, but God got me through it, you know? And part of what was going on in that season of my life was a relationship I shouldn't, didn't need to be in was, you know, people around me who weren't encouraging me and fellowshipping with me, they were heaping junk on, you know? And so, I guess when we have these, you know, this conversation in general, it's, it's, it's a hard one for me to have because I feel like, you know, we know Jesus, like, like what can't he get you through? What hasn't he gotten you through? But then I realize, you know, age, you know, I, I mean, part of the reason why you guys, I wanted to do girl club is because I've always been intrigued with why Barbara Walters put together the view. She wanted someone in their twenties, someone in their thirties, someone in their forties and women in their fifties to sit around and talk about life and issues and the different points of view that we come to them with. And so one of the challenges that I always have as the oldest person in girl club is being patient with the journey of, a, of the 20 year old, the 30 year old, the 40 year old. Um, and I'm, I'm just keeping it, you know, real with you, like being patient and remembering like, oh, okay, there, there is still this. And, and, and even this conversation about burnout, I was like, I recognize when a conversation needs to be had. You know what I mean? I'm not tone deaf. I do. But I also, I'm like, but come on guys, like, you know, we're not those who shrink back, you know, in due time, we will reap if we don't grow weary and doing good. And, and I, you know, or like Jesus said in the garden, you know, in Matthew 26 verses 40 to 45. And somebody dropped this on me yesterday in the Apple store, shout out to Hannah, who's a girl I happen to go to church with here. And it blew my mind. And I was talking about feeling a little burnt out you know, and, and feeling things. And, and I said, but I know, you know, I know the answers and I know what to do. And I know that my call is to keep going, you know? And, and she said, yeah, it's like Jesus said, could you not stay awake with me for even an hour? And I screamed in the Apple store. Like I, I literally screamed out loud. I was like, Oh my, like it, the Holy spirit went through me so powerfully because I was like, oh my gosh, could you not stay awake with me for even an hour? 
and I got in the car and I, I mean, I was crying and I read Matthew 26, 40 to 45, which says he awakened Peter and said to him, now you have to understand before this happens, I mean, he's blessed them. He's in the garden with them. He's all this stuff has happened. And they, and, and he's, I don't read it, you guys. Cause you know, he's, he's sweating blood. Like Jesus is so stressed out and overwhelmed and burnt out and beaten up. And like, he's about to get crucified and give his very life for us. And they fall asleep, you know? And he says, he awakened Peter and said to him, could you not stay awake with me for even one hour? Keep alert and pray that you'll be spared from this time of testing. Your spirit is eager enough, but your humanity is weak. Then he left them for a second time to pray in solitude. And I got to tell you that <laughs> that was enough for me to never go down the, the bunny trail of feeling burnt out in life. Yet I am aware, you know, that there are some things some things, you know, that yeah. the enemy could use to make me feel really upset and depressed and down and like God took his eyes off of me, even though I mm. didn't take my eyes off of him. Yeah. I think I, Cynthia, I, the, sorry, oh, no, go no, ahead. Go. No, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Before I lose it, because I, I am on medication. Yep. So yep. that's the reason why I'm a little bit loopy. Um, <laughs> oh God, I'm trying to hold on to it. Oh, okay. So as you're saying about like not giving up. So I, I for sure agree that like the end of the, like at the end of the road of burned out, it can lead to like, okay, I'm just surrendering. I'm just going to lay in this bed forever, whatever, and call it self-care. No, that's not it either. But like, I do think that, I mean, I do think that burnout is an indicator that there's something off. So it's not about giving up. It's not about like, not like continuing to serve the Lord or love the Lord or like, you know, like for me, I'm a singer, I'm a songwriter. I cannot hang that up. That would be me giving up. That really would be me being an artist, a creative. If I stopped doing that and I was just like, I'm just going to be soccer mom now, that would be me giving up. But I think that there, the burnout from what my small little existence on this earth of like 30 something years old, I noticed it's just an indicator that I've been pouring myself out in the wrong place for me personally. And that could mean anything, you know what I mean? And something that, um, for, for example, I feel like I have a purpose when I'm busy. I feel like, am I doing things? Am I getting stuff done? Is my list, mm. am I able to like, am I able to like click that thing, that little, little button on my, on the check mark for my reminders list and it disappears. That makes me feel good. You know what I'm saying? And I was listening to, um, Bill, this, this um, teaching from Bill Johnson, he talks, he's talking about unbelief. And um, he just said this phrase. I don't know if you guys listen to him. He just pops in these random bombs here and there. And he just said, busyness is artificial significance. And was talking about how busyness, um, he's, he's saying it in context of like the, um, like the, the parable of the sower and the seeds and how these seeds were sown in it. it there was not a lack of God's word and faith and God's truth. It was what was in that soil. And he was talking about how busyness is like the cares of the world competing against that seed to take root. And that's something for me personally that I realize is that I have been giving myself to all these things that are really good on paper. Oh, it sounds so good. It's like, and, and it's like close enough to like what I'm called to do that it sounds like, oh, you're good. I get a pat on the back. Christina, you're doing good. Yeah, keep doing that. Keep doing that. You know, but but then this this wear and tear starts happening. Yeah. And it's just making me realize I'm super busy, but why? And I have to like reevaluate. So I think there are like two lanes here. One where it's like people can easily, and I've been there, been at a place where they're like, I just want to give up. Like, do I want to be a Christian? They give in to like those suicidal, you know, thoughts. And mm. all of that downward spiral. I mean, I've been there too, but I think there's also a place where you nobody's know, saying you can catch it and you can go, 
I'm going to take this as a turn signal and which I think leads to what, you know, you're going to share about this exercise that we can do that really allows you to actually take action. Like we're talking about faith. There has to be action with that. We can't sit back. So I'm agreeing with all you're saying, but I do want to point that out for me personally. I've seen like, okay, there's a turn signal here because I'm doing a lot and it's all really good, but now I need to like figure out but but what does god want me to actually give most of my time to so that i can have energy to actually flow into those other things you know instead of getting sucked from the other things and neglecting the main thing yeah no i i I totally get that and i think that's where the the age thing comes into play it's like you know from 30 to where i am in my 50s i've solidified some stuff about who i am and where yes you have and i want to get there yes you have that Right. And that's part of, that's what I'm saying. It's always, it's a little awkward for me because we're having a conversation, but I also recognize that there's a journey, you know, for example, I think when I was 30, 35, a 25 year old, a 27 year old guy was complete, but I'm in love with you. I love you. I love you. I love you. And I, and I remember looking at him one day and I don't even know where this wisdom came from, except that I was older than him. And I said, that's so cute, but no, like I can't even go out with you because you deserve the dignity of your journey. Mm, wow, that's really period. Cool. Even if I know you are totally wrong, or you're going to hit three walls, or you're making a mistake, or you're you're walking, don't walk away now, or it doesn't matter. You're not my child, and you deserve the dignity of your journey with your father. Now that doesn't dismiss. You know, I think he, look, you know, he wasn't really a believer. So uh, this is a, that's an external sort of example. The deeper example is for those of us who know the Lord, don't, you can't dismiss the fellowship and the advice of counselors. I mean, it's all over Proverbs, get wise counsel, you know, and who is wise counsel, (laughs) right? You know? Yeah, no, that's for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I mean, Nova, I I think you had something to say, but I do find it interesting, you know, Jesus. I don't remember. Oh, yeah, oh good. no. You don't remember? <laughs> Bring it back. Woo! Burn out. <laughs> oh my God. It'll come back. It'll, I'm sorry. No. I, no. <laughs> I would have forgot mine too. Well, I just love that it, you know, then he left them for a second time to pray in solitude. Yeah. You know, there is. It's interesting. I found myself really thinking about Jesus in the garden. <clears throat> you know, and the passion of the Christ, you know, right. He was passionate about what he was getting ready to do. He was passionate about the lives that he was going to save. He was passionate about humanity. And I I think it's always a beautiful thing to call it the passion of the Christ. But, um, but he also in that, in the pouring out of everything, he experienced disappointment and abandonment from the people closest to him. Mm-hmm. And he knew he and was going Cynthia. and he knew he was going to, you know. He knew it. And sometimes the action is the pause. Sometimes mm-hmm. the action is the solitude because that is what Jesus did with his action. He right. went and he had solitude. So for us, it's your action oriented, yeah. right? And and I, I know so many we were action oriented. That action is actually the pause and the solitude and the silence. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's especially when we're so active doing everything yeah. else, you know, yeah. it actually I, takes I, a lot of power to do that. I mean, strength yeah. to do that, to pause. It does. It, it, does. That, it does take that. Yeah. It, it does. takes a lot. Well, it does because look, I mean, the reality is like, even when you're doing something and you really believe the Lord is telling you to do it, people are, you know, there's, there's the reality, right. That maybe people are disappointed, but I think, you know, at the end of the day, you have to answer to God, you know, you don't answer to people, you know, you don't answer to to me. I don't answer to you. We don't answer to people. You have to answer to God. And, and that's that, you know, and, and I think that's beautifully illustrated by Jesus leaving them for a second time to pray in solitude. And I think it's interesting to note it was a second time. That means that, you know, he'd experienced this from them before, 
you know, I mean, look, at the end of the day, he wasn't reaching millions of people, you know, he wasn't. I mean, on the day of Pentecost, there were what, 120 people? Yet Jesus still gave his all for 120 billion of pe people yet to come. 120 million then who didn't know him. And so I think in the, if the action is the pause, I just think it's very important to make the most of the pause because mm -hmm. what I have found when I've needed, you know, to like go and be in solitude, go and pray alone, which we all need to do all the time. We have to, it's where, it's where you get filled up so that you can overflow, you know? And yeah, I mean, I, I remember when I started being invited to minister in different churches and I used to prepare so much and have my notes and did it, did it, did it. And now my preparation is more time alone with the Lord in the secret place so that he can just give me revelation, fill my heart up. And then when I go in, on, a, on the pulpit, I preach out of the overflow of my heart because my husband said to me, look, studying and taking notes and time with the Lord, that should all be a part of your life. But if you can't preach out of the overflow of your heart, when the moment comes, that means you're not filling up in the other moments. You're not taking advantage of those moments where you're not on camera or you're not on a pulpit and you're, you're filling up with him alone. It's just about you and your father. And that, that really hit me because it, it makes me really understand that if the, if the time of pause goes by unfruitfully and you just distract well, I, yourself I, with other yeah, things. I don't think it's it. just, yeah, I don't think it's just pausing. I think you're right. The, what your, the, your point is you're pausing to be with, right. you're pausing to be yeah. with. It's not, it's not a waste. Right. It, it's like the pauses to be with. If we just pause and go, sweet, let me just drink a glass of wine and go to bed. That's not a pause, right? right. That's, a, no. that's quitting. That's, that's like, like furthering. Right? It's for, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's what you're saying, Cynthia, being super intentional with the pause and being having that solitude and silence with Jesus well, and not that, apart from him. Well, let's go through. Yeah. Or, or we, look, we can talk about them in the next session. Um, we I can... think we, you could say the real practical things, uh, the exercise, if you just want to share the real practical exercise of what people can do. Yeah. What, yeah. of what helps with burnout. Yeah. Uh, that comes from Terry, Terry Walling. This is an exercise that he, um, recommended. And this is just like one way, this is just an action for people. Well, to... well it's interesting though, because the way he sets it up is he says, you know, what helps with burnout is solitude and silence. Spending time in reflection exercises. That reflection then is in the word, which I'll, I'll let you read through it, Nova, practically. But that's why I thought that scripture from Matthew was so important because it's yeah. what it's what our Lord did, you know, and he didn't, you know, he didn't give in to burnout. He left everyone and went to pray. Now, the disciples were burnt out. I mean, it, literally, they physically went to sleep and it's like, dudes. <laughs> What are you burnt out about? You're not about to be hung on a cross with your eyeballs dripping down out of your toes. Like for a bunch of people who are going to get too tired to do the work of, you know, of the kingdom. Like, and they're going to be hypocrites. And they're it's like, what? But it is, this exercise is powerful because what he says isn't just what some man says. It's what Jesus did. Mm. That's so mm. awesome, Cynthia. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's, so beautiful. Well, here's simply the exercise and we'll, we'll just share this really quickly and then people can execute it on their own after they get offline. But the exercise yeah. is simply you take five to 10 minutes of silence and then you read Luke 15 verses three to seven and you read it over several times. And then you just return to more silence um, for about five to 10 minutes and just reflect on the scripture. And then you ask yourself these two questions. The first one is, what does your story um, say about how God feels about you. And then the second question you ask yourself is if you could improve your relationship with Christ in one way, what would it look like? And so that's just an exercise to get you, um, you know, moving in the right direction, right. And moving out in faith and addressing, you know, your, your burnout. So, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I have, a, I, I, I want to ask you both that question. 
what does your story say about how God feels about you? I can tell you that God just revealed this to me. He said, I can trust you. Mm. That's what he said. Mm. That's me. And that meant a lot coming from the Lord. I can trust you, baby girl. Yeah. When I have felt like I am not trustworthy. And he says, have you read your story? Have you seen how I've woven your story? I trust Mm -hmm. you. And be faithful. Remain steadfast. Stay with me. Remain in me. Because apart from you, apart from me, you you cannot do this. I'm trusting you to stay with. That's what he says to me. That's beautiful. No, that is so beautiful. Oh, I feel like something. Yeah. Something that he's been saying to me over these last, you know, couple of weeks is that he's not giving up on me. He's not done with me. And I think because that's been like the biggest, I, I realized that you're, you're saying when I was 35 and I feel like my life is over. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's it's not, but um, I, I'm going to be super transparent. I think with everything that's been swirling in my heart and just the added layer of the physical like suffering, <laughs> um, there was like a point where I was crying. I was like, I would like to just go home now. Like, I don't even know why. Like, I don't, I think the biggest thing that I have struggled with is like feeling like there's no place for me in that. Like, what is my purpose? And the Lord just kept saying like, I'm not done with you yet. You know, like you have so much ahead of you, which is, I don't know. It's, (laughs) yeah, that's just it. I'm still like, I'm still sitting in that. I don't have like a lot of like, yay, hurrah. Now I'm doing this. I'm just sitting in that going, okay. I don't know what it is and I don't know what it looks like. And I'm okay with that. I'm not going to settle. I'm just going to trust that, like that taking that time, like you said, to do like, going to be with him in action and in that solitude being that action of being with him, that it will become clear. And I know that he can make wonderful things out of nothing and out of ashes and dust. So, yeah. Um, well, I think, so you're, I, I think, I think what you're saying is that what you're, you, you know, your whole story though, I think what I'm hearing is that your whole story with God is saying to you, I'm not done with you yet. I guess for me, I see other things also, but if that's, if that's, you know, is that what he's saying to you now? Oh no, sorry. That's what I feel like that's what he's saying to me right now. What he's saying to me for my whole story. I feel like I'm still warring against that because I have so much like unbelief, which is why actually just, this teaching that I was listening to by um, Bill Johnson was just so enlightening about uh, it's it just, it's just, it's exposing what I've been feeding myself with of like what, what value is, what purpose is, what impact, what influence is, what greatness is like, it shows clearly that I have been like, like there are different beliefs warring against each other in my own heart and mind. And it's like different beliefs fighting for like God's what God says and what he believes to be true, you know? So I'm just kind of at that. I'm kind of at that place where I'm just coming to realization that, Oh my gosh, like I have these things warring in me and it's not him. It's like what I've, it's me, you know? So so overarching, I want to believe that like, you know, I'm his friend and he can trust me and we're going to do like, we're going to do great things together. But at this point, I'm still having to go, okay, I need to like get all this other, all this unbelief out because I'm really warring against even agreeing with that, you know? Yeah. 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 And and I think you make an important point, you know, look, it's, it's, it's the prayer that the man prayed, Lord, I believe only help my unbelief. Unbelief can't live in the same place with, with, faith, you know, uh, they're opposites. Yeah. I mean, we, you right. We know this scriptural, what fellowship do light and darkness have with each other? Light illuminates, light clarifies, light allows you to see, mm. light allows you to see what's going on. It allows you to read the book. It allows you to understand 
darkness, darkness hides everything. Darkness makes things go away. Darkness is a shield against being seen. Darkness, you can't read a, read the book. You can't read the word in the dark. You can't read anything in the dark. You can't see anything in the dark. It doesn't even matter what you are in the dark because nobody will see and you won't see anybody else. And so I think what you're fighting against sometimes, Christina, is not believing that your story has said very simply, you are my daughter. I chose you and plucked you out of obscurity and put you in my house where you discovered I had given you incredible talents and gifts and you're special and you're not like the others. It's exactly what Lenny said about your musical gift that day in Miami years ago, listening to your first album. And from that moment, you know, the world has tried to tell you, you're not special. You're not like these singers over here who express worship in this way. You're not enough. And that is what the world tries to tell all of us. But I, I can, I mean, I just, he's certainly done it with the, with you and Nova, you know? Um, and in response you know, to where that has you. Number one, I'm glad God is telling you that he's not done with you yet. I'm not even sure that you actually believe that. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, you know, cause I know I, 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 I can, I can see the, the struggle, you know, but I also believe that he's going to get you there because he's faithful period. Right. He's faithful to complete the work that he begins at us. He doesn't just leave us in the middle of the river. And, you know, without a boat or a an oar, you know, he doesn't. And he may send along a big, huge wave to move you all the way down the river to where you need to be. He might just let you drift slowly there down the river to where you need to be. But he's going to get you down the river. And yeah. I know that. I know that from many personal experiences. And, you know, it, it's... You know, you guys, I think if you know nothing, for those of you watching and listening on podcast, you, you know that a lot of times the place that we're teaching from is, the, is, a, is a place that we're growing from also. I think that's the special thing about Girl Club, and it has been from day one. You know, it's a special fellowship where you can learn and you can grow. And, you know, and we have been faithful to share our hearts and our journeys with you openly. And I will ask you to, you know, if you have any encouragement for Nova and Christina right now, certainly, you know, write it in, send it in. Um, because I think the, the journey that we've been on while unique has also been maybe um, challenging sometimes, you know, um, to go through while going through other things. So I just, you know, I, as we kind of wrap up today, um, we're going to leave you with that to think about and we'll be back with you next week. But I just, I mean, I, I thank you guys, you know, for just the transparency of your heart, because while we all question whether or not we're giving anything that helps others, I don't think you understand how much you're giving. And I don't, think you understand how much just being transparent in a world of lies and fake and phony and non-transparent actually is it's powerful you know to truly be authentic is powerful and and I don't mean you know we take off our bras and show you everything I mean <laughs> you're getting a good look though at nobody wants to see that whoa <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> so um we're going to wrap it up here for this week on Girl Club, and we'll see you guys next week. I love you both very, very much, and I'm on your you side. Too. And all of you listening, we're, we're on your side, you know. So thanks, Life Audio, for having us, uh, hosting us on platform. I hope you're listening wherever you are on Spotify, Apple, iTunes, um, or join us at Cynthia Garrett Ministries' YouTube channel where you can live, be live and interact. Um, 
any of the comments that came in this week. We're going to try to deal with them next week um, because I know you had a lot to say. So I'm Cynthia Garrett and we'll see you next time. Bye. Hello, my name is Rachel Carmen, and I want to invite you to come over and listen to my podcast. It's called Real Refreshment. For years and years as a young mother, I chased after the wind, thinking that the world could offer me the refreshment I longed for. But it was only when I discovered it in the person of Jesus Christ that I really found refreshment. Come on over and join me as we dig into Bible study. I'll see you there.